back with a brand new episode after uh, an international trip, as it were. It Welcome is, back to uh, the good old U.S. of A. Yeah, it is the Mike and Molson Too Good for Radio podcast. We had gone international before because you were at the O'Hare International Airport. Oh, right, yeah. And now we've officially gone international because I have just returned from a trip to Tokyo. And let me tell you this. There, there are some certain things we need to get into from this trip that I saved just for this podcast. Oh, okay, great. Beginning with the toilet situation in Japan. Did you have a bidet experience? Yes. All right. But I was afraid of the experience for the first three days of Japan. You're no longer a bidet virgin. I I don't know what I was expecting, right? (laughs) Well, first of all, there's a lot of buttons. Yeah. Right? Because there is... There is the bidet for the ladies, which is a different angle, obviously, than a bidet for a man Mm -hmm. to finish up what he's doing on the toilet. They also have various different flushes depending on what happened in the toilet. Okay, yeah. So at the first hotel we went to, um, they had it where it was light flush or heavy flush, and I assumed that meant Number one is a lighter, and a number two is a heavy. That stands to reason. Right. The next hotel we went to didn't have that delineation in in English, but I figured it out by, mm-hmm. by you know, the animation on there. Yeah, they just had a gear shift. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> so not only that, but then there is, and I think the reason why I was afraid of the bidet was there is also then the... Temperature of bidet water could be chosen. And then there was also the force of said bidet water would also have to be chosen. Having never used one, how do you know what you can handle? Correct. I I didn't know. So the first few days... Send you across the room. Now, I've always heard from people that once you use a bidet, you'll never go back from using a bidet. And so I was like, "I, I don't know. So things would happen. Right, I was I was happy to stay as regular as I could. A little TMI for you, which but, is interesting, by the way, if I may interrupt, because you're really against number two outside of your house, right? I usually am. Yeah. I'm very much a Peter Griffith home bowl. You know just what I need. But here you are on vacation for yeah. ten days. You got to do something. Well, and part of that is, and we'll get to it. Part of that is what was involved in the breakfast buffet that we had oh, included yeah. in the hotel stays. I'll get to that momentarily. Okay, sure. But it's about day three, and it's happening. The wife's getting ready outside that door because, you know, they have separate chambers for that. And then they have an entire shower room, and then there's a little getting ready area with the sink. And uh, she's like, have, by the way, she's like, have you used the bidet function yet at all? And I'm like, no. She's like, what are you afraid of? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I just, I'm afraid of an un- unexpected enema is what right, I'm afraid exactly. of. Right, exactly. I'm like, what? She's like, it's not going to blow you off the toilet. <laughs> she's like, it's not going to jettison you off. She's like, just try it for crying out loud. And so with much trepidation, I, I hit the button and I'm like, eh. and she's like, it doesn't just shoot out immediately. It has to, you know, take a second and then, and it was it was fine. It wasn't as life changing as people made it out to be. Right. I don't feel like I need to all of a sudden now in, install one into my home like some other of my friends have who've experienced it. But it was fine. I don't know what I was afraid of, but it was okay. I mean, I, I can understand the function of it. Right after you do, yeah. uh, you know, it's a nice way to clean it up well, after you. The, the you've fear started. is natural. The fear is I'm going to get a colonoscopy that yes. I'm not paying for. Right, that, right. Uh, and my doctor's not here. 
that's what I was afraid of. I was yeah. like, oh, I'm getting, uh, you know, I'm getting an uh, exam of my prostate right. free of charge from I this water. the fear. From the jet stream. But it's not that. No, it's not that at all. It's it, and I, I just, I just hit the button. Whatever setting was before me <laughs> was the setting that I wasn't okay. about to go more, less hot or cold. I was fine. I also at one point go, uh, sweetie, are these are these seats heated? She's like, yeah, they they automatically heat for you uh, when you sit down for a certain amount of time. Because I was like, oh, I'm starting to feel a little warm in that area. Did that throw you off a little bit? It did at first. Like maybe something else happened. <laughs> it was more of like. Um, should I have should I have waxed because something's burning? It smelled like something was burning. Should I have waxed that area there? Because so. I have heated seats in my car and I don't like them for that reason. Because you feel like something. I feel else. like I just crap my pants. <laughs> Oops! I crap my pants. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will. You know how that. often that happens when you're yeah. driving around. <laughs> it's just, you just crap your pants. Right. You never know. Like, did I just crap my pants? Because it's way too warm down there. <laughs> and speaking of the regular, the reason why yes. I think I think I, the reason why was. Their breakfast buffets over there are like three-course meals. Okay. Like, I walk up, and they they have their quote-unquote breakfast staples. Their bacon is just like ham, basically. Okay. Then there was sausage. Their omelets are served cold and in little chunks. So the Japanese omelet, they make a big pan of it. They cut it off, and then they they serve it cold. It's cold. a little it's a little rectangle of eggs. That's a little off putting. That's I, not a shape of an egg. I I enjoyed it. It was okay. I I enjoyed that part of it, but also they had like salmon, but they had salad. Sure, like a sal- like a salad bar was out there for breakfast with miso soup and everything else. So it's like. I was I was like okay I'll I'll go to the tradi- like I had my traditional breakfast then I had a salad course and then ended with some soup but they also have coffee so it's like I'm eating roughage and having iced coffee every morning and immediately about 20 minutes later it was go time yeah they they they, they do it they do Off it to right the races, there yeah. exactly they do it right they go hey we want to get it out of the morning constitution here's some things to get you going. So I I enjoyed that part, but I don't know if I'll ever eat salad and for breakfast again here back in the states. It's interesting in European countries. Uh, I know sometimes we'll stack the meals. You know, it's like you eat big in the yes. morning and the afternoon, and then just sort of something light in the evening. Which, when you think about it, that makes a heck of a lot more sense. It really does. It's like that's when you need stuff to get to get it going in the morning. We're yeah, used to sitting down to this huge dinner <laughs> meal and then going to bed like an idiot. Yeah, they don't do it that way. Yeah. They get you going. Uh, one of the other things uh, that happened over there uh, was I was prepared for this, and you would love Japan for this. There is zero small talk in public places, especially on public transportation. That's nice. They got no use for it. You you get on a train. You can't you can't be on your you can be on your phone like looking at the internet or whatever it may be or texting but you don't talk on the train. How do you suppose they, they pulled that off? It's just understood. Okay. Like that's what everyone does. Like you can maybe have a conversation with the person next to you if you know them like a very and at a very tiny level. So obviously I wasn't going to be able to talk on a train cuz I'm loud. Yes. So my wife has just warned me before we went over there. She's like, "I've looked into this." Shut your mouth because you're loud. <laughs> so we get on. She's like, when you get on the train, just shut your mouth or whisper to me. Mm-hmm. But we know where we're going, know what we're doing beforehand before we get on this train. And it is, and it is ninety seconds that door opens. You got ninety seconds to get off the train, get on the train, 
and there is a seating priority. It's the elderly, it's ladies and everything else. Everyone else stands, and you don't say a damn word. You're just on your phone or reading a paper or just off in the zen-like. And I was like, Beautiful. Johnny would love this culture. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Yeah. I, uh, I stood shamed a couple of guys on a, on a bus recently. Oh, did you? Okay. Because um, it was one of those shuttle buses going to the uh, rental place, rental car place. And uh, so I'm sitting there and uh, a handful of ladies get on. And so I do. What you're supposed to the do. The gentlemanly thing. Uh, and so I stand up, motion to the the seat. And oh, well, thank you. That's very nice. You know, they weren't expecting it, but they appreciated the appreciated the thing. Um, and I could see this guy sitting across the way from me, watch this whole thing transpire. And he was like, <laughs> I, I, now I got to do this. Yeah, like, you do. Yeah, you do. You got to yeah. do this. Get up. Way to be. Nice job, Johnny. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, also, I have a question for you. As yes. as you travel quite a bit, a little bit more than me, because the flights there obviously are lengthy, right? It was 12 and a half hours there and like 11 hours, 15 minutes coming back. What is the acceptable amount of time to spend in an airplane bathroom? 90 seconds for men, 230 for women. What if what if the call of nature is more in your rumbly guts? How long can, how long can you how long is too long? Right? I, I agree with you. You got to streamline it if it's number one. Right? Women get a little bit more leeway, but if it's old number two, I ask because there was a situation on our plane ride back. Okay, we were right on the bulkhead, so we were like sharing a bathroom with first class, the pod people, and. <laughs> So my wife had to use the restroom. It's literally two feet away, but the light is red. Okay? You got to wait. All right? There's, there's another bathroom on the other side, but that's for the other side. Right? You got to make sure you're mm-hmm. on, on your own that's side. the fancy bathroom. Yeah, exactly. So we're waiting, and we're waiting, and we're waiting. And all of a sudden, now the individual behind us also has to use facilities. He realizes light's red. Okay? Now he's waiting. Now we have a backup. Now another gentleman from first class comes back, which the other thing that threw me off was on these longer flights, they invite you to take your shoes off and they give you slippers and everything else. So this guy like was just in PJ pants and slippers <laughs> walking around on a plane and that threw me off for a yeah. little bit, but I get it that, you know, that's, that's the thing that you do. So now we have a line of like three or four and it's, it's five minutes. It's seven minutes. It's 10 minutes. Oh no. Gets to about 12 minutes. The guy behind us goes up and knocks on the door. Sure. But, I, so and, and people kind of look at him like he's being rude. But the, the gentleman who's been, we don't know who's in there, right? And so my wife is giving the benefit of the doubt. She obviously has to go, but she's giving the benefit of the doubt. She's like, maybe it's a woman. You know, it's, it was relatively kind of early on in the 11 hour flight. Maybe she's taking, you know, her makeup off. Maybe she's getting ready for bed and felt to do that in the bathroom rather than back at her seat. So my wife's being very patient about it. The gentleman behind us is not. He's banging on the door and everyone kind of looks at him and goes, what? The guys, whoever's in there is holding up the bathroom. So it gets to the 15 minute mark. Oh my gosh. And the the flight attendant now has also knocked on the door, making sure. Like I start thinking there may be a dead person in there, right? We've heard that story before, like people just keeling sure. over in the bathroom. Finally, guy comes out and just sweat and just, whew, and he's wearing a T-shirt, I kid you not, Johnny, that says Titans. And I go, 
Well, that makes sense because that man must have just taken a Titanic dump in there. <laughs> so now the problem is there's a line of four people awaiting to now go in there, but no one wants to be the first to go in because obviously if you're in there for that long, something terrible had ar- had arisen in that bathroom. Sure. So finally the uh, individual decided to, um, behind us, said, all right, I'll test the waters to make sure it's okay for everybody else. But I was just wondering what is acceptable because everyone looked at the guy who knocked on the door. And I'm like, even if you're feeling real sick, like, you know, five to ten minutes, get out. Something's come wrong. Back, they yeah. come back in, go, you know, kind of go in and out. Don't monopolize it for that amount of time. So when the person came out, any indication as to what was going on? I think it was just maybe just lollygagging. I th- I think maybe it was just you know he had issues with the with the tum tums, but. Not enough to where he should have been in there 15 minutes. No. Because he never made it, but he never went back up afterwards. Wow. I don't know if he was shamed because everyone knew it was him. And so he's like, well, I can't anymore. I can't go back to that bathroom. Maybe I. Maybe he went back to the bathroom at the back of the plane instead mm-hmm. of up towards the front. Because I never see him. Came, I never saw him come back up that way. But it seemed a little too lengthy that's, to that's me. That's way too long. That's way too long. Even if you have an emergency situation, that's yes, too long, right? I think so. I think five. If you have an emergency situation, usually that clears itself up in about five minutes. Yes. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like the the sickest flu I've had and how long I've been in there. It's it's yeah. It's it's never, it's never fifteen. No, not and not in a public place. No, certainly not. No, not at all. And you shouldn't not be on the plane if you're in that kind of condition. Right. <laughs> exactly. It is the Michael Wilson Too Good for Radio podcast. Last thing before we move on. Okay. Uh, to a very important topic about too much nude in locker rooms. The last night we were in Tokyo, in Japan, we were sitting in the lounge of the hotel, right? And we're having some drinks. And all of a sudden, everyone's phone, like around us, all of a sudden we hear boop, boop, boop. People start grabbing their phone. And then my phone buzzes. And I pick it up and I look. And the graphic on the phone is a building Looks like it's shaking and something falling off the roof. Yeah. And it says, earthquake warning. And I go, a part of me? A what? And so we kind of look around. Well, you got the full Asian experience. We kind of look around, and all of a sudden, no more than a minute later, everything starts shaking. Like, not super violently, but you could tell. Enough that you knew something was going on. Yeah. Yeah. So luckily, one of the workers in the lounge, this young kid who spoke fluent English, he comes over and he's like, you're fine. Because we're all like, do I need to get under a table? He's like, no, 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 you're good. You're good. And so I thought, and then he goes, is this your first first earthquake? We're like, <laughs> well, yeah. He goes, well, congratulations. Ta-da. You get the full experience. And I joked with him. I go, I know the lounge closes at 7. I thought that was an elaborate way of you to clear out the lounge. <laughs> like with the sounds going off. Send a secret no- notification to everybody's phone. Right. And he, and he goes, Brilliant. yeah, he goes. We have technology, but not that technology. He's just like, he's like so just, uh, we're not right. that not advanced. Then all of a sudden they turned on the TV and it was national news. And he goes, take a few pictures of the TV for the earthquake coverage. Wow. So he got, got some uh, you know, mementos to take home, some well, tangible you had, memories. You had a good experience in Japan. Congratulations. Yes, thank you very much. And then coming back, you would be proud of me. So we had to take two separate Ubers because we had so much luggage. <laughs> and... Um, I, I was alone. I sent my wife and her friend went in one Uber, and then I was by myself. I, it, it took all I could not to engage the Uber driver in a conversation. Like, he asked me, you know, when I came back, and I was like, oh, it's good. You know, we're busy today. He's like, yeah. We get in the car, and he 
doesn't want any. And it took all I could. That was a 40 minute of silence. I've, I've and, how, and how do you feel? I felt awkward the whole time. I really? Had, I had to be on my phone. I had to like text people. I'm like, he, but he's, I, I forget that's their job. To, I, to drive you, yes. Yes. Not right. to entertain you. No, right. Not to converse right. with you. Right, exactly. And and I, I forget that sometimes because like you don't just go into someone's office building and sit across the desk from them and chat with them for all 40 that's minutes. Right. That's their job. So I'm starting to understand it, Johnny. I'm starting to get it. I feel like I graduated of 40 minutes of silence. I was like, I did pretty good for myself. This is why people need to spend time abroad. You grow as a person. Yes. I've learned a lot about myself. A very cranky person has taken to the internet, and I I have to agree with the guy. Um, He's just had it with excessive nudity in the locker room. Okay. And I think anyone who's been in a gym locker room yeah. knows what's going on here. There's some guys that revel in it. And it's like, put a towel on, right. dude. Like, or get or get to the underpants a little bit faster. And that's kind of what this guy, and, and, and he is so angry and so descriptive. I just wanted to share it with you here on the Too Good for Radio podcast. Here we go. Okay. I am so tired of being bombarded with old ball sacks when entering the locker room. They have no shame. Old people at that point have no shame. They they do tramps around, from what I understand. But I love that. Bombarded by old ball sacks. What goes through these people's minds? They think it's okay to come lurching around completely naked with no obvious destination or goal. Sitting their bare ass on benches that other people have to sit on. They make conversation and eye contact while hanging their shriveled dongs for any innocent bystander to gaze upon. It's hard not to look sometimes. I can understand slipping your trunks on and off, throwing on some underwear discreetly while keeping your junk aimed toward the locker. Right. But these old effers (laughs) saunter around with misplaced pride. If you need a shower, start your shower, get in, take your trunks off in the shower. Once the shower is over, dry off, throw on your underwear in the shower. No need to be flashing people. I agree. It's not that hard to wrap a towel around. Yeah, yeah, and that's, it really, there does seem to be something with age where it's like, ah, ah, ah who cares? Uh, I just, um, there was one uh, one person, now, now he, this was followed by a bunch of people responded um, saying, hey, come on, you know, what, what is it with Americans? They're so tight, you know, they're so uptight about their, their nudity. Um, and one, one person said he walked into the locker room and there was an old guy just sitting there eating a bowl of soup. <laughs> no, that didn't happen without his uh, without any clothes on. That's a nudist colony. Yeah, that's not, that's, right. that, that, that that stop when you when you are eating a meal. By the way, the grossest place in the world to eat a meal a locker room. Yes, because everything else going on around there. So, what is that? Is that me? I don't know. Okay. I think that's you. I'm not quite sure. I think that I no, think that's you. Yeah. I think that is you. Don't know what just happened there. But why are you eating a meal in the locker room one, and yeah. especially eating nude, and especially soup that gets burned something? So yeah, it's it's really it's really profound. And there are there are some locker rooms where and, and yeah, and I get it. There's 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 going to be nudity. It shouldn't startle you. No. Um, but I just don't understand the 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 dis the. the the lack of any awareness Correct. that there's other people around. Yeah, I don't think we're uptight about the nudity per se. It's the unnecessary 
nudity. Yeah. Right? Like, I, when you walk into a, a locker room, to your point, we all sign up to know that schlong is going to be seen yeah. at some point, or it's going to be around. You know, you, you try your best, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be around. It's the individuals who just... Like to, to your you point, just sit there airing out. Yeah, they, they sit there airing out, and then they walk with a towel over their shoulder exactly. to the shower when it should be around your waist. I, I, I just find that uncomfortable. It is. It's very uncomfortable. When they're just sitting there, and the, and it's always spread-legged, yeah. right? They're just sitting there going, oh, that was a great workout. If, or if what I'm a in my own bathroom at home and I'm brushing my teeth, I still have, I have a towel around me just because it's uncomfortable to just be swinging around like that. Correct. You know, you're brushing one way and this and is going the, the other, other way. way. And it throws you off and then you... <laughs> it's like a train signal, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> it's like a windshield wiper going on down there. You know, you just put a towel around yourself for God's yeah, sake. that's what you have to do and I just don't get it. I, I just don't understand it. Then they sometimes they'll do the Captain Morgan pose yes. and you're like, what are you doing? You just... Yeah. Yeah, it, it should be functional. You and get if you in, have to get bend out. over, you know, just watch where you're firing that thing. I mean, it's just... <laughs> Correct. And I agree, you should turn towards the locker room. The Towards the, bar, the locker. Toward the locker. The schlong points towards the locker yeah. when you unrobe and put it back up. I mean, most people are perfectly fine. They understand there's going to be nude and people are going to there, but... Because turning towards the locker with the schlong is a universal sign for everyone to look away. Sure. Right? When you see the gentleman turn around, you go, oh, he's going to disrobe. Yeah. You you gaze your eyes. It's the people who are talking with you and then they just go bloop right Boy. in front of you and you go, what is going on? And have you ever been in that situation where the stars align like you're you're leaning down, tying no, your shoe uh, or something uh. and, uh, you know, not really aware of what's going and you, on. And, and, and the, the, you you look up and it, it is like 3D theater. Uh, it's like, oh, I just looked right at it. Unexpected <laughs> Like, up close and personal Exactly. And it's just like everybody, everybody was just in the right place at the right time. And I was like, oh, that's in my face. Yeah, I don't I don't need that at all. <laughs> no one needs that. It is the Mike and Molson Too Good for Radio podcast. Unofficial start of summer has arisen because of Memorial Day, yes, yes. which means wedding season is now upon us as June is a uh, choice month for uh, the nuptials. And this Reddit MIA hole comes from a marriage ceremony. Okay. Going to lay it on you here real quick. This is a lengthy one, but we'll try to get through it pretty fast. Hit it. My brother... Got married last Saturday. There's three of us in total. I'm the oldest, 27. He's 26. Uh, the newlywed is the middle child. Our little brother's 21. At one point, I hated my middle brother's partner. The two of them had bonded over some rough times that they had both experienced and were self-medicating together. My brother wasn't using hard drugs himself, and I don't think his partner was ever properly addicted to anything, but I gotten word that I needed to look out for my middle brother. I made it known I didn't approve of the relationship and thought he was a bad influence that the partner was. My brother and I didn't speak without arguing for probably a good two years. That's all changed now. His partner has been sober for many years and has become a close friend of mine and our little brother. We both gave toast speeches, and in the little brother's toast, he said, quote, I can say there's four of our last name brothers now instead of just three. It was a very touching sentiment. Okay. After all the speeches are given, my wife pulls me aside kind of angrily and asks what I thought about the speeches. I said they were lovely. It turns out she was mad over the fact that when the little brother gave a speech at our wedding, he didn't insinuate that she was the first daughter of the family or anything like that. She said that his speech had been mostly focused on me, whereas his speech tonight was focused equally on both spouses and the future of their lives together. So the wife's mad because the okay. little brother's speech says, we now have a fourth brother. 
When they got married, he never said, and welcome our first sister. Okay. I brushed this off and said she needed to stop reading into things so much. About 20 minutes later, I see her looking similarly angry during a conversation with my little brother. I walked over to try and put a stop to this myself, but I saw our other brother and his new husband coming over, so he must have caught wind of what was happening as well. Two of us are very protective over our youngest sibling. So middle brother comes over out of the gate swinging, asking (laughs) what she's pestering him about. It all developed pretty quickly. I wouldn't say a scene was caused as everyone was trying to keep it hush-hush, but my wife ended up crying when she was asked to leave and attracted some attention. She asked me to come back to the hotel room with her, and I refused. I wanted to continue oh, celebrating. Oh, bad she, was, she was very angry yeah. and said this was just another way I was letting my brothers walk over her hmm. and that I was excusing them not giving her a chance. Ouch. Since then, she and I haven't really spoken. I need some outside, wow. perspe- outside perspective. It's true that my brothers aren't nearly as close to her as they are to the new addition to our family. But that's just how these things go sometimes. Am I the a-hole? Man, I initially, I thought she was... Right, right. ...really going overboard. Because she was upset about not being fully welcomed in the family by the speech. So, if, if I understand correctly, she wanted a counterbalance to a speech that happened a previous wedding... Yes. Yeah. So the wedding. Between, so she didn't. She didn't get her props in another wedding. Right. And it, it didn't get balanced out in this wedding. Right. So her, her biggest beef after the speeches was at their wedding, the older brother and her wedding. It was just all about the little brother yeah. gave the speech for the the older brother, and just mentioned a lot of stuff about yeah. the older brother. Which cancel me if you must, but that is a woman thing to do to find some sort of grudge from God yeah. knows when <laughs> it is. and just pull it out of the mine and, and say, like, and here it is. And like, this oh, is a- God. So something more was festering, I think, in this marriage, yeah. right? Uh, she doesn't get along with the family somehow. So she was, she found, she nitpicked and found the fact that the little brother and the older brother had become good friends with the middle brother's yeah. partner. And said, welcome to the family, a fourth brother. And the little brother didn't say, welcome, in the speech previous, didn't say, welcome (laughs) to the family, our first sister. We must now go back in time and rectify this. She was mad and was like, hey, why don't you have my back to the husband? So for whatever reason, she gets asked to leave because because she's crying. Well, I think she starts crying because she was asked to leave. Because because she goes to her husband first and the husband says, Hey, I thought the speeches were lovely. Yeah. She says, uh, what about the speech? And he goes, hey, he just brushes off, goes, you know, you need to stop focusing on that. Let's have fun at this wedding. And then she takes it upon herself to go and accost the little brother. Right. And so the 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 middle brother who's getting married to his partner, they come over because they see her accosting the little brother. And now the all the brothers go to her, hey, this is supposed to be, and she she's demanding the retribution of, I want to be included in this family. Sure. They say, well, sorry, toots, hit the bricks. <laughs> and then she says to her husband, you need to come back to the hotel with me, and hotel room, and that's when he goes, no. I'm staying celebrating. That's celebrate. a big mistake. You, you can't. Big mistake. You follow the wife. No ma- you no go ma- with her. No matter how much you think she's in the wrong. Yeah. You have to always have your partner's back. Yeah. And- and you make it up to your brothers later on because it's just going to be awkward. It, because it, you just can't do that. You can't just let her go back crying. Whether you agree with her gripe or not, right. you have to have her back. Right. And that's when, to your point, it seems like a pretty obvious who's the a-hole in this conversation. 
and it takes a M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end where he doesn't have his wife's back. He just stays and parties with his brothers. Even if you don't agree with her, you, right. you, just, you go and you have a conversation. You try to you know simmer, get things to simmer down as best you can. You don't just say, see ya. Right. I'm going to keep partying. Go cry in your pillow, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, that's, you that's, can't not, do, that's not a response. Yeah, you can't do that. So, so you are the a-hole, sir. I'm sorry. You are the a-hole. You didn't go back to the hotel room with your wife. I know it may seem unreasonable to you, right. but you have to have your partner's back. You can't just be like, I'm going to go party with my bros instead, because that's just not the way it goes. One person we know, I think in this story, that's kind of an a-hole, as we wrap up the Mike and Molson Too Good for Radio podcast, International Japan and Dong Edition. <laughs> um and she'll like it, too. Mr. Mellencamp. John Mellencamp, uh, who's always been, you know, I guess we could call him feisty. Yeah. I mean, when you got Cougar yeah. for a while there, and you're, when you were Johnny Cougar, then John Cougar Mellencamp, that means you're feisty. He's, I mean, he's always kind of been known to be, you know, just a, yeah, kind of a, not, not really a bad boy in rock and roll, but he's just a, he's just tough to work with. Right. right? Exactly. Because he's a Cougar, man. Uh, so now, here he is. It's 2023. He's 71 years old. I didn't realize he's that old. Um, and he heads to a concert in Cleveland and says to the people in the audience, uh, I will stop this performance if you in the audience don't shut the F up. Were they booing him? Were they heckling him? Or were they just having a conversation? Because here's the thing, right? As, as, as the concert-going public that followed you get older, they change their habits going to your concert. Yeah. Right? The first time I saw Pearl Jam in 1995 at Soldier Field, it was a bunch of wild and crazy young individuals like myself who were going nuts and crowd surfing. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, when I saw Pearl Jam in like 2008, it was a lot of guys who were changing out of business suits in the bathroom yeah. and weren't nearly as raucous as they were previously. As you walk into the theater where Mellencamp is performing, there is a sign that says, this theater... Um, this show respects theater etiquette. Okay. All right. And very early on, uh, Mellencamp told the crowd, I don't like people screaming from the effing audience. And screaming that they are enjoying you or just screaming in general? Just screaming. You, so I guess he's sitting there playing his guitar. Ain't that uh, America. Yeah. yeah and, and someone goes, Mellencamp! And, and that, that sets him off. <laughs> Mad people are cheering you. Later, as people continued talking, uh, after a boorish concert goer yelled at him to play the effing music. Because <laughs> there's nothing worse than someone just stopping and going on forever. Uh, when he dared to say something that could be construed as criticizing the U.S., he'd had enough. Listen, hey, you guys, if these people don't shut the F up, I'm just going to leave, Okay. Because I'm not used to this crap. Look, guys, if I wanted to play in this type of drunken environment, I'd play outside or I'd play in an arena. Instead of this theater. This is fine theater here. Where theater etiquette goes on. Uh, The crowd has better behaved for the rest of the show. And uh, through a little intervention by venue staff, uh, that may have helped. Mellencamp showed that at age 71, he still has the chops to play a crowd of any size. Uh, and so he went on and he went on the show, but uh, apparently uh, just laid down the law um, and said, look, if you uh, at one point, he, he said he was doing a, a, a quiet acoustic portion. And he says the following. This is the quiet part. So keep your effing mouth shut. <laughs> Good Lord. 
We're playing the slow, pretty part here. When a woman in the audience promptly broke the singer's rule and said, John! He fired back, What the F did I just say? <laughs> I mean, that really kind of kills the mood, doesn't it? It does. I mean, I understand he's saying it's the quiet part. She wants to show her affection, and you snap at her like that? Yeah. Shut the F up, lady. I know you like me. You're here. You paid my money. Wearing my damn T-shirt. So Shut some, the F up. Right. So somebody in the audience had the nerve to go, by, yay. By the way. I like you. By the way, what's the quiet part of a John Mellencamp? Aren't they all kind of quiet parts? I'm sure there's a, I'm, I'm sure or he was ballad? doing a ballad or something. Or and slowing trying, down trying Jack and Diane. Something. Yeah. Right. There's a little ditty about Jack and Diane. He's 71. He probably doesn't do that dance and kick move that he used to No, probably more. Sitting on a stool, you know, strumming Was he guitar. singing Cherry Bomb? Because that's when the smoke was a smoke. Right. John! Yeah. Shut the F up! Play Cherry Bomb! <laughs> <laughs> Is that something someone would say? That's, I don't I, think so. That's a, that's a lesser hit. I don't think so. And I remember seeing him in concert like 10 years ago or something, and he was fine. He was fun. He was doing Mellencamp stuff. If that's but his, something has happened where he's turned into a, a grumpy old rocker. At what point are you okay with him walking off? Like, <sighs> it, what what hit has he already played? Like authority song, and you're like, all right, I don't care, yeah. shut it down. I gotta, yeah. I gotta get, I gotta get going too, John. That's a good point. That's a good point. There, there, there does come a point where it's like, okay, I've heard all the songs. <laughs> I've heard was, everything I need from you, Cougs. Yeah. Shut it down. I'll keep talking. God, can you imagine if he like turns into Rod Stewart and starts doing old standards? Oh. T for two and two for T. Jing, 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 jing. Shut the F up! Play some original. I will play whatever I want to play, damn it! Do Moonlight Serenade! Shut up! That's Glenn Miller! Kiss my ass! There's no vocals in that, you son of a bitch! Play that some more! That's Dean Martin, yeah, you do, son of a bitch! Do some Benny Goodman! I kiss my ass! You know what? Forget it! Leaving. Give play me my guitar. Play some Herbie Hancock. <laughs> you said cock, you son of a. So, so. he's he's on tour right now, and I just want to let you know if you're going to go see him in concert, uh, sit on your hand. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, and don't so, cheer. Don't yell out Cougs. So it's interesting. Yeah, you think about okay, you think of it about John Cougar from the '80s versus John Cougar in the '20s, uh, and yeah, there's it's a bunch of geriatric people now yes. who used to jump up and down, and you know, women would flash, flash their em. boobs and stuff, and and freak out, and now everyone has to kind of sit politely, like they're going to watch Les Misérables or something. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can cancel me if you want, but the flashing now would just be dropping your socks, right? <laughs> Anymore. Um, and so, yeah, and, and now it's just like everybody sits down. Nobody gets up and dances in the aisle. Uh, you sit politely. This is the quiet part. You clap. Good job, John. You don't say yay. No. John, well done. Well done. Uh, I, everybody I that. leaves the venue, single file. Please, no pushing, or I will end this effing <laughs> show. I don't care about if you're going home to your pink houses to you and me. So I dang. end this effort. And Settle down, Melon Camp. And by the way, you can if you're listening at home, feel free to yell out how much you love John. Yeah. Uh, and we won't shut this MF yeah, down. Molson! Yeah, Molson! Woo! Do do the Lauder Brack man! <laughs> do the dog stuff again. We love the naked dog stuff. <laughs> F you! F you. Trying to concentrate up here. This I'm is, old. This is the shill like a two-part, so you will shut your mouth, <laughs> and you will enjoy every bit of it. We'll see you next week.